welcome to it's on my list <laughs> it's on my list it's on my list <laughs> I wrote that's actually the new jingle. <laughs> Can you please do it again? <laughs> okay. It's on my list. It's on my list. <laughs> you know when you don't expect it, was, there was silence in jazz hands and then all of this. It's on my list. It's on my list. <laughs> Wait, it's week six, right? Yeah. Week six. Wait, wait. Five. Week five. Three, five. four. No, yeah. Oh, week yeah, five. because we started with you, Annie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cinco yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Week five. Five. Um, and now the circle's closed. We're back. Yeah. Beginning. Beginning. Yeah. The circle of life. Que <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> okay, this is being recorded, so no one is seeing this. Yay. Oh my God! No, they need to see what we're really like. We need to show our true, yeah, our true colors. I was gonna say flavors, our true colors. <laughs> flavors oh. is for a more intimate situation. Yeah. Considering the movies that we'll be reviewing today. Oh yeah. I was bored. Annie, okay. would you like to do the honors? Uh, I, I would. Just let me open this. So this week, I chose, because we've been apparently going in themes, I chose uh, Same-Sex Love. And the two movies that were chosen were God's Own Country and Portrait of a Lady on Fire. So I have to ask my friends and colleagues here, how would you like to handle uh, both at the same time? or do one and then do the other? As in both men and women at the same time. <laughs> yeah, it's a free for all. <laughs> so that it becomes an orgy instead yeah. of, you know, gay love. I have a question. Before we answer your question, I have a question. Did you choose this uh, topic because the Vatican is closed or was it just random? I like that you're bringing this up. Try to experiment a little bit in life. Mm, okay, fair enough. Now we can go on with your question. Sorry for the interruption, thank you. No worries. Do we want to do one and then do the other, or should we do them both? Yeah, both at the same time. I, I would agree as well. So then I'll do a brief overview of both of them. Mm -hmm. So God's Own Country, um, I did Word Docs because I'm a freak. I've been so excited for this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'll start with God's Own Country. Uh, it was directed and written by Francis Lee. It stars uh, Josh O'Connor, who is probably best known for playing Prince Charles in The Crown. He will always be Prince Charles for me. Yeah, but this 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 movie came before. And um, Alec, <laughs> Alec, I'm so sorry, Alec. You are hot as f, uh, <laughs> but I cannot pronounce your name. And the cinematography, I point this out because it will uh, help with when we do Portrait of a Lady on Fire, was done by Joshua James Richards. He has three names for his name. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there's a little trivia here. This movie was written and directed by Francis Lee, and it is his feature directorial debut. 
So it was his first film. He was inspired to write the film based on his own experience of working on a farm and uh, waiting to leave uh, to attend drama school because he was an actor before he was a director. All scenes containing graphic images of animals were all real and shot on location at a real farm near the near uh, the director's childhood home. Even and, sorry, oh, even yeah. the dead lamb. Everything without using body doubles for any of the actors. Yeah, because wow. I even said I was like, that looks too real. Like, how are they doing that right now? He, um, yeah, he wanted everything uh, shot. Like, so it was a baby love. I know, I know. He uh, he shot in chronological order to prepare for the roles as farmers. The director made the two actors live and work on a farm for several weeks prior to shooting for the movie. So Francis Lee and his cinematographer uh, worked extensively for four months uh, to meticulously plan every single shot for the film before production uh, started. This I found very interesting. It took Francis Lee about six months to figure out kind of like the ins and out of the plot before he ever wrote down a single word. Uh, but when he did, he was able to complete the screenplay in five days. Wow. It's a, I mean, to be fair, it's a very short Screenplay, mm -hmm. yeah, but a lot, lot happens. A lot I mean, happens, so yeah. I give him, you know, credit for that. No, he clearly um, likes his job. Yeah, yeah. The title of the movie refers to the director's home country, uh, Yorkshire, mm -hmm. uh, where the film is actually shot, and it implies that the place or country is favored by God. Okay, because I was trying to figure that we out. Like, I was like, what, what the title does the about? title have any relation to do with the the plot? Oh, there we go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, da, 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 da. uh the film th this one this one was really good and uh, it'll come back again for a comment that i wrote down but the film was the only uk-based production to feature to feature in the world drama category at the 2017 sundance film festival where it won the world cinema directing award oh, and, yeah. uh so awards so this brings me to a comment that i have I did a little research, so this was, so this came out in 2017, which means that the end, all of 2017 and 2000, it would enter um, award season for uh, 2018. I think it got lost because of the whole "Call Me by Your Name" era, uh, which came out the same year, yeah, um, yeah. at the same time. They won't have a chance then, yeah. And they both were uh, premiered at Sundance. Aww. So a lot of so they share a lot of festivals, but most of the nominations and awards, as we all know, went to Call Me by Your Name. Mm -hmm. Because, for example, for the BAFTA Awards, the only nomination that it received was Outstanding British Film of the Year. There were no nominations for the actors, no nominations for the director. That is kind of yeah, it's, it's kind of weird. Sad. It's it's very weird. Um, then it won uh, for the Berlin International Film Festival. It won the Manor Jury Award for Best Film. It sweeped the British Independent Film Awards, where it won for uh, Best British Independent Film, Best Actor, Best Screenwriter, and Best Sound. Um, it was also nominated for uh, Best Director, Best Screenplay, uh, Best Actor in a Supporting Role, and uh, best producer, but it didn't win those. 
And then uh, where it premiered, which was at Sundance, it won the World Cinema Award. So I found it very interesting because um, it was an incredibly well-reviewed film. I read I read a bunch of interviews and Q and A's and stuff like that, and uh, everybody was was rooting for this film. But I, you know, a film, you know, an American production backed by Sony, like Call Me by Your Name, it carries a little bit more weight. I would. Yeah, you say. have nothing to do. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, it brings us back you know, to, I think we've mentioned that, you know, how the marketing aspect of all these like very small films is it's pretty unfair because you have independent films that are popular because Call Me By Your Name is an independent production, but you have independent films like this who, mm. you know, kind of get lost. But yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I just found that interesting. Do you think it's like it's the subject matter as well? It's like, well, we've already thrown a bone for the minority yeah. here, so it's like, why? Do you yeah. know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah, if like, I don't go over the border. No, no, it's true. Yeah. It's true. I struggled to think the films like "Call Me by Your Name" as indies when they have Sony behind. You know that that already makes you non-indie. Yeah. Like, okay, the topic is indie. The kind of you know the flow of the movie is indie. But if you have Sony behind you, then you're not indie. Yeah, because I follow independent cinema, I follow the criteria that the Independent Spirit Awards follow. And mm -hmm. apparently there's like a limit to the budget. Ah. Depending on the budget of the film, it doesn't matter who backs you. Depending on the budget of the film, that's where it can be considered eligible for awards like the Independent Spirit Awards. Then again, these Independent Spirit Awards are very American. Um, so, you know, you have a bunch of movies that kind of get in there, you know? And it also, and yeah, yeah, go. I was just going to say that it also depends, though, because with a specific budget, depending on where I'm going to shoot, when I'm going to shoot, who I'm going to use to shoot, you can do it with a very low budget. And that doesn't mean that it's going to be an Indian movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. it's not everything, like, it's not Marvel Universe or Indie, you know? I mean, maybe I'm taking it to the extreme, but... I don't know, if you have a big brand, you're always gonna have people who are experts. And I feel like somehow you become David and Goliath where, okay, your budget might be, I don't know, X amount of dollars, fair enough. But yet again, you have a marketing team, you have you have a big name behind you, you know? I, I pictured myself trying to be in that market and then I'd be lost because I wouldn't know what door to knock on. Because yeah. even if you're not doing half as much promotion for it, you're still slapping a big name on it, and that's automatically going to come to that's the top. What I'm saying. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm going off topic. So no, uh, no, it's I true. Just... No, no, no. I, I bring it up because what I didn't know that this movie, I, I mean, I knew it came out in 2017, but I didn't know that it literally went like this in everything yeah. with Call Me By Your Name. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. given given the subject matter, like uh, like B brought up, you know, I think it just got lost, you know. And I'm a huge Call Me by Your Name fan. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong, but um, I think it just got lost. Mm, the timing just wasn't right for it to be released. Yeah, it did, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it could be. It could be. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so that's pretty much the overview for God's own country. Yeah, and then I have more in the word doc, but that will come up during the discussion. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a nerd. Uh, okay, so Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Okay, so the director was Celine Schiama. 
it was written by Celine Schiama. So here we have two things oh. that are the same. I like Both director writers. The stars are Naomi, uh, Naomi Merlant and Adele Hanel. <laughs> and the cinematography was done by Claire Mathon, who is a woman. That's why I brought up the cinematography in God's Own Country. Amazing. Arrate, please uh, correct my French, okay? Well, mine is rusty anyway, so. Okay, so a little overview on this one. So this one I found incredibly uh, interesting and I really, really like this because it just goes to show that women are amazing. Celine Schiama, the director, and Adele Anel, who plays Eloise, were ex-lovers in real life. Oh, wow. Yeah, and they split oh. amicably prior to filming. Wow. Wow. Yeah, but the wait, role... Wait, sorry. So Eloise and the director, right? And the director. Yes. But the role of Eloise, um, according to Celine, was always written with Adele in mind. Mm. So no matter what, she was going to do that role. And this is actually their third collaboration together. Okay. Nice. Interesting. Yeah. A little trivia on this. The paintings that were done by Marianne were all created by a painter called Hélène Delmal, um, who Naomi, the, the, the actress who plays Marianne, worked closely with to inform her character with regards to perspectives and lines and how to actually like even lift a brush. But every time the camera focuses on the canvas, the hands that we see are the real painter's hands. Oh, wow. Yeah. So... Uh, the film was shot in order to capture a large dynamic range of colors. And I think we, we see this because it goes from dark to extremely light in, in every scene. According to the director, the reason why the film features no musical score is to be obsessed with rhythm, to make the music arise elsewhere in the, movement, in the movements of the body and the camera, especially since the film is mostly made up of sequence shots and therefore the choreography had to be extremely precise. I, um, if I may, I also read that apparently, because I, I was very intrigued by this movie, so if I may interrupt, um, she wanted us to feel as Eloise, which, I mean, who is deprived from music because of her situation being isolated in Brittany. So she said that she didn't want any music in the movie except for those situations because uh, she wanted us to feel like her. It worked. Mm. Yeah. So this one is also takes us back to films getting lost because it was the favorite of many critics and journalists to win the Palme d'Or in Cannes, but it went to Parasite. Oh, okay. oh I mean, sorry, fellows. Yeah, we can't. No, 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 please. No, 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 absolutely. Uh, what I actually knew, um, because I was kind of like um, surprised, it was considered one of the best uh, reviewed films of the year, but it was not France submission for the Oscars. Why? Wow. It wasn't. It went to uh, Les Miserables. What a shame. Yeah, because I really think that would have done. That, I think. Yeah. Parasite is still my number one, but I yes. think if any movie would have, now that I've seen it, any movie would have given a run for its money, it would have been this one. For international? Yes. Mm. I would have had my serious doubts of which one would have won, knowing kind of that Parasite was going to win everything else, that they could have like split the vote there. Mm -mm. 
Yeah, since he was like since Parasite was winning the yes. um yeah. the uh, picture the best picture, then they could have yeah it could be yeah. Um, but again, sorry. Yeah, it's lesbian love though. So it's weaker than man gay love. But then again, let's remember Hollywood has its trends. It likes to throw its light onto specific issues, and maybe it will be like, hey, well, this is the year for this now. You know, yeah, as, as if they really care, right? But yeah. but that's it. That's what it is. It's it's all yeah. about how you market things and the the trends and stuff. You need to follow what's what's hip and happening. Yeah, no, I see. I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, with regards to things that uh, the director wanted to, us to know is that one of the manifestos of the film was to get rid of the idea of a muse, which she considers to be a nice word that actually hides the participation of women in artistry. The muse is typically seen as a silent fetishized woman who is inspired because she is beautiful. Mm -hmm. And even though for a long time, women's opportunities in art were limited to modeling, she claims that the models were co-creating the art by being one of the brains in the room and helping guide the artist. Her goal was to portray that and to make a love story and a creation dialogue with equality. I love I that. Love that. Mm -hmm. yeah. love that. So, uh, yeah, so it was her initial desire to shoot a love story uh, with two contradictory wishes underlining in the writing. So firstly, it was to show step by step what it is to fall in love, uh, to be present and the pleasure of it. Uh, so her her so she says that her direction focuses on confusion, hesitation, and romantic exchange, which is kind of like the like the flirty side, you know, when you have a crush on someone. Yeah. And secondly, to write the story of the echo of a love affair, of how it lives on with us in all its scope. Her direction focuses in the re in the remembering with the film as a memory of what that love was. So yeah. Um, I don't know. I highly recommend to you guys and to all our listeners to go back and find interviews with this woman. She is incredible. <laughs> Just fascinating to read. I, I wish they had, like, none of this pandemic would have happened and um, it wouldn't have, they, they took it off cinemas here pretty early because that's what they do with movies like this, but that's mm -hmm. another topic. Um, and I couldn't, I, I sadly could not see it in the movie theater, but I mean, I understand why people were fascinated with this woman. She is incredible. I highly recommend that you go and check her out. Okay, so for award, the big ones were, it was nominated for a shitload, but it won very few. So Golden Globes, it was nominated for Best Foreign Language. Uh, BAFTA's the same, a best film not in the English language. Uh, we have already established that it wasn't nominated for the Oscars because it wasn't France's uh, submission. For the British Independent Film Awards, uh, it was nominated for Best International Independent Film. Uh, at Cannes, it won Best Screenplay, Celine. Queer Palm, Celine. And it was nominated for the Palme d'Or. Wow. I mean, that's still pretty good for... for yeah, yeah. quite solid, yeah. At the César Awards, which are kind of like the French Oscars, um, it was nominated for absolutely everything. It had 10 nominations going in. It only won Best Cinematography. Oh. And I think it's very important to mention that during this award show, uh, both Adele and Celine uh, left 
when Polanski won for Best Director. And oh, that's one of the ones. Yes. Oh, 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 happy okay. yes. So who was it? Adele and? Adele and Celine. Adele first, um, because she was harassed by a director when she was uh, Yeah, she, I read about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she left screaming, um, like, go pedophilia, mm, because mm. Roman Polanski won. Um, so yeah, it was her and... How long was that then? When Last year? Yeah. Last year, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically that's kind of like a quick overview of the two films. For me personally, I found it, I really, really found it very interesting to, to talk to my friends about two stories that are quite similar. The theme is on point and also the perspective of a male director writer and a female director writer and now that i know a cinematographer who is male and a cinematographer who is female that was my technical point of view of why i chose these two films and also because i had been dying to watch them so yeah i made my friends do it i honestly think you couldn't have chosen a better pairing perfect pairing really oh yay yeah. yay very, very good I'm so happy. Yeah, yeah they, they definitely go hand by hand. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm so happy. Did you guys like the movies? I did, but there's a but. Okay. okay. Yeah. But okay. With the God's Own Country? Yes. Yeah. Okay, go. Um, I personally prefer the French movie. Yep. Probably because I'm a woman and I can relate to that story more. You know, it's like all the gay movies, like the big ones, you know, it, at first it reminded me of Rockman Mountain. It's like if two men have to get into a relationship abruptly, you know? It's like one of them has to be a wreck and they have to, you know, start having sex as if they're gonna hate each other, stuff like that. It's like, can you please embrace your inner side? I don't know, talk to a psychologist, do something about it, guys. Just <laughs> let it go, let it flow. The feelings, we're all human beings, we have problems, we cry, we're sad. Yes, it's part of life. That's what put me off a little bit. So yeah, I, too. yeah. Uh, okay, and I I kept drilling this in, like, ask Sabrina, because this is all I was saying. I don't want it to be the case where oh, it's like it was a feminine film with the female director, so the more understandable perspective. So that's why I choose it, because I get it. And I, you know what? You could argue that. But I really don't feel that fundamentally that was it. I just really feel this story, both visually and plot-wise, unfurled and was told in a more artistically intriguing way yeah which obviously it's fine because given the subject matter that was where the director and everything wanted to go makes sense yeah. but then and it's not to say there's not aspects i didn't like of the relationship in god's own country but i just found myself feeling far more frustrated with that dynamic yeah. uh, Particularly with the, what was his name? George, the main character. Johnny. 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 Yeah. I was finding myself just being completely frustrated by him constantly. And yeah, he bugged me a the lot. The lack of maturity in his approach to everything. And it's like, don't get me wrong, it's, there's very visible trauma there and you can see and feel and appreciate it. But, uh, and, and I don't want to do this. I really don't. But if I'm going to look at Call Me by Your Name, a film that actually made me cry and made me really get emotional. And again, I don't want to argue because um, you could say it's told with a more romantic and more whatever mm -hmm. way. I don't want that to be the case. I don't think fundamentally that is the case, but it just makes me question 
So you know? it's it's really good that you brought this up because one of my notes was so what I struck I, I really really liked both movies. Mm -hmm. um, I will lean more towards Portrait of a Lady on Fire, which blew my mind. Yes, mm -hmm. it really just blew my mind and my heart. Is it possible because we are, so I'll just put this out as a debate. Is it possible because we are, you know, we have this preconceived notion in our minds and we kind of grew up in the same era. So, and we come from kind of like close knit families and more traditional, you know, cultural stuff that we were, that it's very difficult not to see the masculine part of God's own country and the feminine part of God's own of Portrait of a Lady on Fire. For example, one of the things that I found in both movies is in God's own country, the physicality, like Arrate says, it's very, you know, violent and please forgive me, manly, whatever mm -hmm. that means. <laughs> um, the shots, you know, what is being sh uh, shown are the hands, which, you know, for men, it represents strength. The hands, the arms, the legs, you kind of see that the the director goes towards that. And then with Portrait of a Lady on Fire, oh, and kind of like the color palette that everything is very, you know, a little bit more dark, a little bit more gray, yeah. again, more masculine. Yeah. And then with Portrait of a Lady on Fire, you see this, what they show is the neck, you know, the neck of the woman, the eyes, the lips, the, the face. The zones. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, the color palette is like super bright and pink and, you know, light blue and like super feminine. Do you think it's because of that? Because I don't know if it's because we saw it back to back and on purpose, of course, but it was kind of hard for me not to make the comparison. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think it can also be cultural, though. It doesn't only have to be man female, but it can also be that being British. You know, it's like the countryside. British winter is very long, very rough. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, actually, they they mentioned it at some point in the movie. You know, where he says spring is my favorite season in back home. You know, so it can also be that. And France is always more romantic. So it it I I agree with you. I think it is because of the man-woman situation, but I think it's also a cultural based on the country, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I totally saw that as well. I actually saw a lot of comparisons between um, Portrait of a Lady on Fire and Call Me By Your Name. Okay. One thing that I, I, no I noticed, the ending of um, Portrait of a Lady on Fire is literally the same as the way Call Me By Your Name ends. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. you know, it's, it just it had the same, it literally the same shot. He's she's watching the orchestra. She's thinking about about her. She's crying. And with call me by your name, you know, he's sitting in front of the fireplace. He just had a call from him, and um, he's crying. And you just you're just watching their emotions unfold. And that's literally how yeah, yeah. it's yeah very similar to that. Yeah 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 absolutely. And it's like you know that that's the end, and you just have to accept that. You know that there's you just have to accept that that's what their reality and that's how it's supposed to be and that's what's what was meant to be and even though it's you sad, want it's them to beautiful. yeah it's beautiful it's, it, they you see a beauty in that yeah 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 it's more romantic um, yeah. yeah exactly i think i think we kind of crave that romanticism mm. in a way um i don't know that I, I don't know who said this so apologies but 
it's what kind it was kind of uh, I'm paraphrasing but what we don't have in life we kind of crave it in the movies yeah mm -hmm. of course yeah you know? uh, I was happily surprised with the ending that God's own country has in this yeah, case yeah, yeah. yeah I didn't see that coming I thought it was because, gonna be very dramatic yeah exactly yeah. and yeah I, I wanted to I wanted to ask because especially our British friends here um <laughs> oh thank you <laughs> <laughs> so when I think of countryside and because I come from the north of Argentina which is you know extremely traditional extremely homophobic and it there's a lot of countryside I would have thought the same in a place like Yorkshire, you know? But it, I kind of liked this different perspective of probably not having to focus on the homophobia and just have it focused on the love that these yeah. two men have. It's still the UK though. Like there's a big difference between a country like Argentina or Spain towards yeah. the UK. Yeah, I, I thought I, I thought about it too, though, because when I when they were at the bar and they were giving those nasty looks to the Romanian guy, I yeah. was wondering, is it because he's gay or because he's Romanian? I'll right. tell you the answer to that question. It's because he was Romanian. Romanian. That's yes. Why. So I thought that's the bigger issue right now in the UK, uh, given the circumstances. Here it would probably be because it's uh, he's gay. Uh, he's gay. Yeah. I mean, but also, how many outsiders do you get from that? global do you know what i mean it's like you'd get someone from like you're more likely to see in a very remote local pub you're more likely to see someone from like two 12 villages over or something as opposed yeah. to a different continent if that makes sense yeah but still the countryside though i mean let's give them yeah. that they accept they accept the fact that john is gay which i thought was going to be an issue but even with the parents at the end the dad mm -hmm. was like is it gonna make you happy then go on son and yeah. surprised me that we were yeah. we were also surprised we were like, I was yeah. happily surprised yeah but now that you say this whole international thing um the director does make a point of showing the xenophobia and not the homophobia mm. yeah you know with the, the term gypsy yeah that, that's that's what brings out because what i found incredible from george from georgie's uh, character is that you see that he's such a such a sensitive man. Mm. You see how he treats the animals, just from that. Yeah. But what makes him tick is when he goes after when someone goes after their culture. So mm -hmm. he jumps Johnny when he's when he's calling him a jippo, a jippo, yeah. and he jumps the bar guy when they imitate his accent. Yeah. If I can if I can say one thing about God's own country is that I really loved this difference between these two men. Um just the just the fact that their first love scene in the mud, he doesn't let him penetrate him because they won't they're not kissing. They're not engaging in love, you know? Yeah you kind of see that process unfold and in the second love scene it it's you know it's all about the touching and you know kissing and and getting you know yeah he forces him into that though he's yeah. always like he's always like i mean dude come come down and then he goes like caresses him and then he just wants to you know and and yeah 
And I, I actually respect him for doing that because sometimes I might be speaking for some women here, we just go along with those, some things that then we look backwards, especially when we're in our early 20s. And then we look back and it's like, maybe I should have said no to that because I didn't feel like it, you know? As in, I, I respect him for saying, no, I don't want that. We're not going to do that. But I just struggle personally to connect with characters that need someone else external to heal themselves. That's something I really struggle with. And that really annoys me when I say it on a storyline. Do you think you saw it in both storylines? Sorry? Did you see it in both movies? No, I mean, in the French movie, sorry, uh, Border of a Lady in Fire, uh, they're both sad with the circumstances and they just go along with it and they will heal as they do afterwards. Hi everyone, um, so we apologize for having to cut short previous video, but uh, there was a random person joining our meeting. Um, an unscheduled guest star. An unscheduled guest star. <laughs> Again, uh, she's not funding our course, so she's not welcome. We kicked her out, we cut the recording, and now well, we're setting it again. people. Oh yeah, two random people tried to join our group. Uh, so now... <laughs> we renamed our group on a more specific way so that we know no random people will join. Um, oh, just call it, it's on my list. Um, you can't say it because um, now whoever listens to it. Will we, won't we, who knows? But it's, a, it's a very good idea though. <laughs> Sabrina. It's a very good idea though. We should have thought about it, shit. Well, well that is the name of the podcast. What's well, yeah, video? So technically, it's not a podcast. But if we were to make it a podcast, we would only put up the the recording of the voice, not the not the face. Yeah, yeah. This is not a podcast. Anyway, okay. well, we we work on that offline. Um, we have to work on the jingle. We have to work on randos interrupting, and we have to work on the name. Yes. Anyway, so when this random person interrupted us, I was pointing out that I personally struggled to feel a connection with characters who are going through a rough time and yet need someone external to get through it. Uh, well, as many people in this world, I've had traumatic situations and I'm the kind of person who thinks that you need yourself to heal. And, you know, if you have external people, you know, as boyfriends, girlfriends, whatever, that's great. Uh, but I, I personally believe that you have to do it on your own, supported by friends. Um, so... Annie asked me if I saw that also in the French movie, and I said no, I didn't, because I think both female characters were stronger in that sense. Like I think um, Gorgi, well, the Romanian. No, no, it's not. Georgi, 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 yeah. Georgi is a way stronger character as opposed to John. You know, he's um, independent. He has his act together, and that's fine. Um, and I see that in the two ladies as well. Like they're struggling. They don't want to be torn apart. They want to be together. Um, Eloise doesn't want to marry someone random. He does. She doesn't know. But they just, you know, wing it. They go like they get over with it. But um, John is the classic. Well, I can't say Mama's boy because he didn't grow up with Mama. But um, self pity central. That's what he is. Kind of like yeah, man, it's shit. But you know what? For the rest as well. Yeah. Um. So I I understand it because he's 
he's young. So I thought I've, I've been young as well. And I've been self-centered. So I can understand it. It's just that for me, it's hard to connect with that person personally. Mm. That makes that's sense. exactly what I felt. Yeah, and yeah. That, we just exactly could, I just yeah. couldn't connect with him. I couldn't. I felt like I I couldn't root for the character yes. as much. You know, I was more rooting for um, Georgi. Georgi. You know, and I liked how we brought a romantic side. You yeah. know, and brought brought that out of him. Kind of. Well, it did. It did bring it out of him because otherwise he wouldn't have gone all the way to. Where did he go to see him? Well, it's not just, for me. It's he wouldn't have gone all that way to to get him back. But I saw more for me the positive impact when he's actually bathing his dad. Yeah, and exactly. he's being gentle with him, and he's yeah. caring for him the same way that Georgi does with the sheep and with the animals and stuff. Yeah, because even the dad often, yeah, yeah, and mm. it's like it, you know, because you don't, you have this constant fight against each other in the whole household, and even with the grandma. And one thing that kind of touched me as well was when the grandma's ironing her son's shirts, and then she starts to cry. She's like smelling it, and then John walks in, and it's like she won't allow herself to show her emotions in front of him or to be worried in front of him, and that made me really sad. Yeah. Well. Yeah the dad shows emotions when he has a stroke and he's being bathed by his son by letting him do it yeah. by letting him do it and just by saying thank you as well mm. it's so that for me this was the, the turning yeah. point and but the it, grandmother it, um, shows emotions by giving him georgi's address yes yeah. it's a difficult dynamic though um you know when that moment where you, your parents suddenly see you as a grown-up it's tough though because uh, um We've all been through that with more traumatic situations or less traumatic situations when you suddenly realize that your parents trust you as an adult. You know, it's a, it's a turning point. So, yeah, probably he needed uh, Gilgi to make him a man, you know, um, in lack of a better sentence. But um, I think so. Yeah, so I get it. He's young, he's going through a phase, and he doesn't want to live in the farm. But I really struggle to get it with him. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But I think the actor does a great job, though. Yeah, yeah the acting was great. All, yeah. all round, I was very solid. I actually, um, I was expecting to to like God's Own Country going into that more than the portrait of a lady on fire. I feel like I don't look forward to watching period pieces for some reason. Mm -hmm. Don't know why, but it's not it's not something that I that I'm drawn to naturally. Yeah. But after watching that movie, I was I was just blown away. And um, I ended up liking it more than God's Own Country. So I was really happy about that. God's Own Country is literally stereotypically, it's masculine. And I, I it's and with Portrait of a Lady on Fire, it's so feminine. And it's not even that because it is feminine and we're women and whatever that I preferred it, but it's just, I just think just the overall story and the dynamic between the two protagonists to me was just just amazing. The, their relationship, I was drawn. I couldn't take my eyes off the screen because I was just mm. like, just their, their expressions, their facial expressions, their gestures, um, the way they talk to each other, interact with each other, and just everything about the way it was shot. It was like you're watching a, a piece of art. Belinda mentioned mm. each, each shot looked like a painting. It did. And um, even the scenes when um, she was, we thought it was a ghost, where she's seeing... Okay. Um, oh, that freaked me yeah, out. It freaked me out in the white yeah. dress. That looked like a painting on its own. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then I mentioned, because Sabrina was like, but I kind of don't like the effect. And then I was like, is it another burning church situation? Because yeah. <laughs> what was you guys, sorry, what, but did you have anything else? No, to I was just that? comparing like how, you know, like it was so delicate, this and the way everything was shot and the way they spoke to each other and the way, just everything, their relationship was just... But you know, I don't even think I don't delicate's wanna... the word. I think it was elegant. Yeah, but I mean, if you compare it to well, how if you're comparing rough it, the other film, the way they were with each other at the beginning, especially, I think it had a different um, strength to it. Yeah, comparing it's, it, it's interesting the terminology that we use, right? Because we go mm. back to masculine and feminine. Yeah, delicate, rough, strength. You know, um, it's I don't know. I, I, I this is when I saw them back to back. It was the one thing that I was struggling with. You know of. Yeah, this but whole the idea of the man, the, man, and the woman, woman, you know, that yeah. it's it's just, it's very ironic that two stories where it's about same-sex love, but it's very much separated between man and exactly, woman. Yeah, and it's still there. And it, yeah. it's still there in my head, you know, and... um. I belong to, we all belong to a generation that should have like kind of moved forward from that, but it's very much there. Yeah. Yeah, but I also wanted to point out the irony that the ending of Cotton Country is the typical chick flick. Ending. Yeah, yes. Yes. they end up together. Yes. And then yes. um, the portrait of a girl on fire, it has a dramatic ending, you know, yeah. the movie that strikes you. But you know, um, I've heard that though. Don't get me wrong, I was very happy for God's Own Country. I think it would have been pointless if it had ended any other yeah, way. Yeah, because it's like they had such a tough time trying to communicate and, and yeah. you know, find their way to each other in an emotional in an emotional way. So it's nice that it happened in the end for them, that yeah. it worked out like that. You know, it's interesting how it's kind of opposite, you know, with the yeah. with their relationship. Yeah. It's it flipped basically. Yeah. Well, and um, we kind of knew that. It wasn't going to happen with the girls because of the. No, it starts with the end because you know, and all, yeah, yeah, and also because of the period. Like even if the girl hadn't been there, saying like crying and weeping, saying, "Oh, she's a girl I knew ages ago," you know, it's not going to happen because you know it was the age that it was, and it was two girls. So, but um, yeah. No, no, sorry, sorry. Go no, on. no, go on, go on, go on. No, the thing that I love that we're talking about a period piece. This is what I love. I don't know uh, for what movie we were talking about where we kind of sometimes as an audience feel that we're being bamboozled or we're being <laughs> like, like the movie's being patronizing towards the audience. Oh, it was with the outsiders uh, because oh. they give you, uh, it was about the fight because I said that I didn't like the fight because it was raining and it's like showing me how I have to oh, feel. Yeah. You know, when the music tells you, you have to be scared, you have to be sad, you have to be. So what I loved was we talk about a period of film when we talk about Portrait of a Lady on Fire, but it felt very contemporary. It felt there are no men. Yeah. There are no men. The mm. men that appear randomly usually strike up like an issue or a problem or like a jump or like they okay, kind of- Okay, I wanna go to this. Yes. They cut, they cut this, you know, sensual feeling that's going on, um, if I may. They they're like the the brown spot in the painting, you know. It, yeah, the stain on George Mackay's pants. Oh God! Um, but it's like it's it's that you know. Um, so it felt I I I never felt patronized by the director. 
I love that she brought a very period film to explain exactly a period of time in which women as artists, yeah. As, yeah, she was making a mm. point, but she made it so flowy, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it wasn't, it was, organic. It was it, very organic. There was nothing forced in the points that she was trying to make. They all translated exactly. well into our understanding of as far yes. as things went back then, but also to how we perceive things now. Yeah. But on a technical side, I will say that I found God's Own Country to be more organic as how it was shot to Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Sure. I think that God's Own Country shows a very raw realness towards the background, the family dynamic, even, even the sex that they have, you know, mm -hmm. um, the life that they lead. I always look for in films, oh, this is something that's going to happen. This happened now, so this will, you know, will mean something later. And there was very little of that, like very specific things. But in Portrait of a Lady on Fire, every single scene, every single word, every single shot is linked up to something mm. that will happen later. Yeah. So um, they both they both did an amazing job. But I do feel if I'm going to give a realness point, it would have to be to God's own country. It's more, um, it's like Sabri said, you know, it's Portrait of a Lady on Fire is a perfectly painted mm -hmm. piece yeah. of art. I, I described it as a poem. For me, when I finished, I said, this movie is a poem. Yeah, but it's also, because, sorry, but it's also because you can associate more easily with something that happened now, you know. So if it wasn't realistic, then you wouldn't connect with the storyline. Yeah, could be true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Whereas something that happened, I don't know, 150 years ago, it's it's harder to connect with it because we yeah, didn't really yeah, know what was going on. Yeah, absolutely. You know absolutely. I don't know whether it's just because of the things that I read or the the stuff that I'm into. I felt I connected so much to the story in Portrait of a Lady on Fire. And I don't know, I mean, we're all creatives. You guys paint more than I ever have my whole life, but we all do something in that respect. This is something I really appreciated from the film in, yeah. in so many different ways. Yeah. And if I may, with the way um, that the film is constructed, could you argue as well that we are very much seeing things through Eloise's, not Eloise, uh, what's the name of the protagonist? The other one, sorry. Um, I don't Marianne. Know her real name. No, Marianne. 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 No, yeah. But in the film, yeah. Through her perspective, because she is narrating the story yeah she is retelling of things as they happened yeah. and something that stuck with me as well when she's making that miniature portrait of Eloise for herself to keep and the thing that Eloise says to her which I think is just it's it's perfect for me this is the quote that I lift from the film she says after a while you'll see her when you think of me yeah, yeah. and it's like and you, you do go back to that because the only time she does see her, aside from when she's watching, she sees her in the orchestra, and even then she's like a speck in the distance. The only time she does see her is through her painting, through her portrait, the yeah. portrait she creates. Because at the end of the day, it's all her interpretation of her as well. So yeah. every frame, every posture, every visual we get of Eloise, it's very framed in that, in her perspective, if that makes sense. No, yeah. no, and they make a point of it. I think the yeah. director makes a point because you focus 
on the hand, on yeah. the hands. You focus on the neck. They keep going back to her smile. I can't make you smile. I can't paint you with a smile. Yeah. Um, it's an excellent point. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. I, I was blown away by a portrait of a lady on fire. Yeah. Yeah, because actually, going back to the, um, to the painting scene, you know, um, all dressed in white that it felt like a ghost. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, remem I remember watching it and thinking, um, what, the, what the heck? <laughs> you know, like what's that? And me getting not scared, but you know, it was a bit spooky. And then when you understand what he meant at the end, it's woven so perfectly into the whole storyline. And you know, even the page 28. Oh the, my god, that killed me. That killed me. I cried what? so much. You know, when she sees her painting, when she goes, I saw her again for the first time. Oh, yeah. Oh, killed me. Yeah. Page 28. And she's holding me. page 28. I was like, right. you know how when you were watching Lost, the writers would be like, everything will have an answer. Everything will <laughs> yeah. have an answer. And it was a big fat lie. In this movie, it was the truth, you know? That's what because I'm saying. It yeah. all made sense. It, it all, all made sense. Yeah. Every it, single thing yeah. that happens in the movie is linked up to explain what happens in the movie. Yeah. It all makes sense. Yeah. Can we... Um, I found the sex in the movie very, very interesting. I, I wanted to see if the directors actually had discussed them. Of course they did because people, you know, were humans and were drawn to it. Their takes on it was uh, very interesting. My reaction to both sex scenes was... Again, this very manly and very feminine way of having sex, making love, whatever whatever you prefer to call it. Um, I found it that in God's own country, um, it is a process. So it starts as fucking and it, it, and it becomes making love. Mm -hmm. um, and in Portrait of a Lady on Fire, it's because they have this entire process, like the director mentions, you know, this process of falling in love. They, you know, they make love to each other. The director's perspective on, on both these scenes um, is, is so different. Of course. Because, I, I, I mean, I'll, I'll, read, I'll read what I found, but it's just incredible. So this is God's own country, okay? So um, this is the director speaking. So Johnny and Gergi's first roll in the hay, roll in the mud, is frantic, breathless, fueled on young lust. It's so funny that we still have to keep talking about sex scenes in gay films. For him, the sex is integral to Johnny's emotional journey. I'm not a big fan of the dialogue, so I wasn't going to have a conversation of where he goes. I'm feeling... I wanted to take it in a visual aspect. That's where the sex played in. And what Celine said, I, I'm just in love with this woman, by the way. Uh, we need to watch interviews with her. Yeah, for real. I feel like I want to be friends with her. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So um, particularly they, they asked her about, uh, so you don't see the sex scenes in Portrait of a Lady on Fire, um, but you do see the armpit scene. So they, that was they, so perfect, though. I'm sorry. When her so eyes were like, I felt so identified. I was like, <laughs> so perfect. So um, they, they ask her about this. And so you have Frances Lee who wants to tell a story through the sex scene and who doesn't want to talk about sex and who 
it's an emotional journey for one of the characters, you know? But for her, it's, I had the idea of the armpit before I had the idea of putting the drugs. And then I thought maybe they could put the drugs in the armpit. So here, just the first sentence with, in, in comparison to Francis Lee, it's all about the physical side, you know? <laughs> and I love that, that as a woman, she's coming to terms with that. And she said, um, and also the armpit is where the second clitoris is. I looked it up. I didn't know this. Is that I, didn't, I didn't know that either. Yeah, it's an erogenous zone. It's 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 one of the seven. Maybe it's one of Monica's seven points. Yeah. I thought that too. Um, and there's two, so it makes sense. Yeah. So um, it's an important uh, on, one. Yeah. So <laughs> said, working with the leads on making this particular sex scene not a simulation but an idea. She said, we're all collaborating on this idea of what is sexy and what is fun and what there's room for. The thing about the male gaze logic defining women is that you're basically held hostage. You don't have a choice. You can choose your eyes, but otherwise the image is giving you an order. How we feel, what arouses us is um, some, uh, wait, how we feel, what arouses us. Sometimes we are held hostage by this because it's what works. It's, the fact that you could lose yourself in this image of wandering and having fun with it, but ultimately it's just sex. It's a journey of sex. That is the idea of sex. So I loved how I was thinking of, oh my God, how romantic and how, and how nice and how feminine and how delicate and how, you know, all the words that we used. But this woman, it's like, no, 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 no. This is about sex. This is about pleasure. This is about a woman's, what arouses women. And in contrast to God's own country, I'm like, this is so hot and man and oh my God. And <laughs> the yeah. ass and the balls and the penis and la la la. And it's like in your face. But for him, for the director, it's the journey of Johnny, you know, being able to love. Yeah, like sometimes they think you're falling in love and it's like, dude, this is what it is. That's it. Move on. I'm not going to marry you. No one is thinking about marrying you. This is just... I don't know. I, I just found that very, very interesting, the perspective that we have as an audience towards sex scenes and what they're trying to portray, but, you know, what the directors really want you to, to see. Yeah. Can I just say, though, that her point of view is very French as well? Yes. I was going to ask, you're European, I am not. I'm Latin, so for us it's all about la passion. So <laughs> do instruct me. <laughs> I'm just thinking about it as a, a, if she was a Spanish filmmaker, we, we wouldn't be having this conversation. I agree with that. Why? Well, we'd be I don't know. In a Spanish film. Uh, probably yeah. there would the, the, be a passionate scene. More, uh, probably more, um, I don't know, closer to what Annie says you know it would be like a passionate scene or even a rape scene or something like that you know it's always like in spanish movies it's always very intense goes, yes so it goes one way or the other when there's love it's like passion and you know it's like oh my god when there's no love then it would be either a rape you know or abrupt or something like very going to the extremes i'm talking you know generally um but her point of view and the way she treated it, to me, it's very French. 
like you know things i said to you as well when when we were talking about the two films and i was like oh well this is it's firstly it's like women and also it's french and i was like so it's definitely going to be like like an artistic film like yeah. yeah yeah like i mean i'm sorry but how many times in your life do you talk about orpheus and um not enough apparently no. <laughs> <laughs> i got it ready did you get the page ready yes is it page 28? It's not page 28. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm saying it from the point of view that I studied Latin, I studied Greek, I studied um, history of art, you know, I studied all of that. And I, I, I learned about that at school and it was a big thing for me because I loved mythology and I loved all that and history and blah, blah, blah. Yet in my normal situations, I don't talk about that with my friends normally. Call me crazy. No. So, um, the way the movie is treated, I find it very French. Very beautiful, very romantic, and very French. Very artistic as well. Yeah. I think that if you'd done this in any language, if you'd gone with the subject matter at hand, it, it would have come out somewhat more poetic in, in any case. And that was the whole point that they were going to go for anyway. Because the idea of falling in love with an image and falling in love with something that's that's fleeting, that's not you know, it's very transient. And that's that comes through transient, with the story as well. Word? Like it's, what's transient? Did I say the right word? Did I mean something else? Transcendental? Yes. Yeah, no, it's- Did yeah, I say it right in English? Yeah, I understand. <laughs> yeah, what's the meaning? I've not heard that before. <laughs> like it goes beyond, like it's it's not just like- Okay, transcendental in English is transcendental. Transcendental, okay, yes. Transcendental. Yeah. Wait, 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 I'm gonna reproduce it. Yeah, Let's so transient is a different word. What's transient? Says the English major. Yeah, no, I did the right it. word. Yeah, oh, yeah, you did. I mean, yeah, I said the right thing. Ah, yeah. transitorio, amiga transitorio. mia. Allora. Hello. Oh, okay. Don't say that word, I will cry. <laughs> <laughs> it's a key word. It's a trigger. <laughs> <laughs> um. So to go back to the Orpheus story, and then... um what they're saying about oh but maybe the whole point was he wanted to look back because he was satisfied with the idea of her and he not yeah. not the, the real her yeah so that's like another nod to that whole subject as well which well, i found also, sad and beautiful if i remember my greek history correctly when when he turns around it's when he won't see her again it's when she finally goes yeah to help yeah he sees her being taken away being taken away right yeah. oh my god i can't believe i remember that um <laughs> but um in the movie when they discuss it over when eloise is reading the book mm. and when they discuss it when marianne leaves um i think what i'm trying to say is one of the things that moved me so much about this movie is this play that they have on on remembering yeah on the memory memory um i had a similar reaction when i saw call me by your name it it took me back to my first summer love you know it has that doesn't it it has that it plays on that for at least for me you know um it, it, it took me call me by your name took me back to a very specific type of love which is a summer love you know it's these like and this movie it kind of took me back to i mean what love what what love is in general you know i yeah. mean i don't think anybody loses the memory of their of what of loves that they've had in their lives 
you know, whether it be first love, second love, last love, whatever love that has impacted you in a way, you don't lose that memory. It, it you kind of, you don't think about it constantly, of course, and you move on with your life and that's fine, but you, it's, you know, it, you, it comes up. Yeah, it stays with you. Yeah. It stays with you. You kind of drag it with you for, for the it rest of your life. Your, your future steps. Yes. Yes. I think it kind of conditions, you know, um, whether it be good or bad, it conditions you for other loves that will come, mm -hmm. you know? So what moved me so much about this is that she plays so in a very, such a specific way, but also so subtly with this memory, with yeah. this, with this remembrance of what is to be in love. Yeah. And I think one of the best illustrated moments of that as well is that final scene when that score plays oh and God. she recognizes it, even though she played it so crappily, but yeah. it's there and yeah. it's evoking that moment and she can't contain herself because she's feeling that overwhelmed from hearing it. And because the fact that music has such an important part in the film, like you said, the absence of it and when yeah. it is there, it's very intense and it really does act to drive the scene and not in a way that they did like an outsiders where it's like, let me tell you what to feel. Yeah. But it, it really, really evoked something primal mm. in sense of emotions and particularly with the bonfire scene physicality in that moment in the scenes. Yeah. Can I just say that the fact that Marianne says before the, before the orchestra starts playing, she says, that's the last time I saw her. There's a silence. She didn't see me. Yeah. And as an audience, I said, this is where it ends. But no. No. She didn't see Marianne. But she she was there with her. She, exactly. she, she was there. Like, I get chills because the orchestra comes later, you know, after that line. Usually in a movie, that's that's the line that closes <clears throat> the movie. You know, that's that's your ending right there. You would we know that they're not together and that's and okay. You but you I've already accepted that throughout the movie because I know it from the beginning. But it's not, it's again, yeah, they don't see each other, they never see each other again. But it's the memory that's Goose there. Yeah. yeah. I, I I don't know. The the ending is miraculous. Yeah. It is an incredible, incredible ending. And the fact that it, yeah. the credits roll with the witch's song. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. It's, I was blown away by this movie. I, truly. I, I can't, I, I don't, I don't have any words to right. say. I mean, and uh, for me, like I said before, it's like, I was expecting to not enjoy it as much, but oh my God, amazing movie. Just actually, no, actually, I was like, oh, I have to watch the. I, I didn't. I don't know why I didn't have a connection with it. I was like, oh, I have to. I get. I didn't feel like watching it, and then I started watching it, and I was just like, oh, I'm enjoying it. Mm, I'm enjoying it. Mm, I'm enjoying it. And yeah. then it's like, <laughs> blow, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I, was like, I just. I couldn't take my eyes off the screen. Just. Just yeah. every little detail. Also, ASMR. Central. Yes, yeah. I was gonna say. I was gonna say it's a totally ASMR movie. Oh my god, Sabrina! I Amazing swear to God, that. I have it in my notes. It's an ASMR movie. And Belinda, we were saying, Belinda yeah. made a point. Have you noticed that in most of the scenes, the fire is on all the time? Yep. Yeah. It's always there. I I, I have a stupid question though. I didn't understand why her 
bush sets on fire? Like, what's the point of that scene? I, I, it, it creates sets the inspiration for that final painting. Yeah, I, I mean, because that, yeah. that's a point I wanted to make. That yes, but why the dress sets on fire and why she? Because I mean, because I was watching it, and I was like, when she sets on fire, I was like, okay, the painting, and then I was like, why doesn't he react? Because if I see my dress on fire, I, I'm screaming, you know. <laughs> and yeah, she just and looks that. at it. Yeah, she just fell like to the ground. Yeah, I, it's like. Well, has she has she uh, taken anything at this point? Is she just vibing? Uh, she's so into looking at her that she doesn't even realize her dress is on, and then she just gets rugby tackled to the floor at the end. Well, it could be that she's very because uh, at some point the director, when she was talking about the vampire, she also said that she wanted the scene to be uh, Marianne, Eloise, and the fire in between. You know, as mm -hmm. in the real fire between them. Yeah. So it could be. I mean that that might be the reason why she doesn't react because yeah. she's just you know. I mean it's it's a very the song as well. Sorry. Yeah, it, it's a very art house movie. I mean, yeah, it is extremely art house. I mean, just the fact. I mean, for example, the fact that we that our mind goes to what are the possibilities of you know what the fire means and how is the dress on fire and and the white dress and is it a painting is it a poem is it you know all of that i think yeah yeah but i'm just saying that the, the, the fact that the movie is so well woven no, into no, the no. storyline that yes. that's that's the one thing that's like my polar bear from lost like you know like the the, 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 the detail i'm focusing on us in what does it mean like why you i know? think that everything in this movie was deliberate i think that it was so precise to make the audience have these conversations because of this art house, you know, kind of. Like, so she wanted there. us to say Yes, yes. It's okay. like, is it, it is impossible to notice that a woman is having an abortion with a baby next to her. That yeah. both broke my heart and put me, like made me stand up and applaud her. But then again, you know, it's this rep, this, this, on purpose, this rep this representation on purpose of of the of the the contradictions that we have. Yeah. You know? The the abortion scene killed me. Killed me. Not because of the abortion, but because they made it a point to have the baby next to her. Yeah. And touch her. And she was holding the baby's hand yeah. while she was suffering. You know? She was letting go of a baby while hanging on to some to a baby. Yeah, but the only thing I could think of is like I wish traditional people were looking at it because it doesn't wanting an abortion in your life doesn't mean that you want exactly you're not against life. It's just I can't handle it right now. You know, it's my personal situation. Yeah. I don't want this baby. It doesn't mean that I don't want babies in the world. Yeah, exactly. It's it. So, I love that she put this contradiction it was inside. Precious. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, because I, I think it shows these two sides. A woman. I'm not saying every woman, but a woman can have, yeah. you know, I am pro-abortion. I feel that a woman has a right to choose what to do, but I want to be a mother. And I live with that contradiction and it's fine. But the fact that it's, you know, on scene in a purity of film. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, it the, the abortion scene blew my mind. Cause she felt, she felt okay enough with her decision. Yeah. 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 And she didn't have 
The guy was nowhere to be seen. She didn't have someone else feeding their opinions onto her or forcing any ideas onto her. She was, you know, yes, the younger girl in the situation and the person who was taking care of the house and blah, blah, blah. And yet she expressed a maturity that was really solid. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, we go back to not having this male figure in the in the movie. But mm. I kind of liked it. I I, I kind of liked that patriarchy was roaming around because of the time, because of the period, because of you know marrying off uh, Eloise and mm. how it how society worked in that time. But you know, it was kind of refreshing not to see the the asshole. Mm-hmm. There as as a, as a, as the villain, you know. It, it, Can I ask who when when she walks into the kitchen that morning and the man is sitting yeah. there and yeah. the girl serving him breakfast? Who is he? Is he's he the guy who is um oh, yeah, the, the, the roar? Yeah, ignore me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot. Okay. What other scene there is? Um. Oh, when uh, Eloise kind of asks her. Do you paint men? I love that. Oh, that and she says fun. no because we're not know, allowed. We're not allowed. And, and she's like, well, why not? And it's like, it's what preventing, they don't want the competition. They don't want us yeah. to be great artists. Mm. But then she kind of like brushes it off and she says, I do it, you know, in hiding. Yeah. And it was like, oh God, thank God. Yeah. There's not going to be a monologue about, uh, you know, gender equality. Mm. Yes. And it wasn't just that. It's like she even says, like, not that it, it's like it's allowed, but it's like people will just turn a blind eye to it. Like it's fine, just get on with it and just don't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I I really really this whole idea of no men in the movie and just having the patriarchy looming mm. was very refreshing. Mm. Refreshing is is the perfect, perfect word to word. use. Yeah. It was very refreshing, actually. I really really enjoyed that movie. Yeah. Wow. And even so also happy. The, yeah, and even also the way they, uh, what you said, basically, and you know, like we talked about it the other day when you know in Endgame, they force you to see the the, the feminist scene. Then it's just pointless if you do that. But here, it's a feminist point of view without forcing it up on like onto As you. Wow. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, she's just like with a slight comment, you already get it. You don't have to make it look like feminist, you know? Because exactly. then otherwise I'm just, I'm sorry, I'm gonna be rude, but I'm just gonna wipe my ass off with that because it's pointless. Yeah, I agree. That, I that's, that. I, I keep going back to this term, you know, don't patronize me. I am smart enough to know how the world works yeah. and what is right and what is wrong. Yeah. And I think this is, this is so perfect to do it in this way. Which is also what I enjoyed in God's Own Country, you know. Please, please don't make it about homophobia. Just make it about them. Yeah. Who happen to be two men who fall in love. Don't make it about homophobia. It's not It's not that I don't want to hear about it. I think that we should all learn. But sometimes it's, again, really refreshing to just yeah. enjoy it, you know, and just... Connect with yeah. the characters, with the story, with the film, or whatever it is that you're. Yeah, hundred percent. Because I'm just sick of like these these films like making a point specifically yes. to mm. prove a point. It's just okay, we get it. 
It's like, like a child trying to tick some boxes. Now yeah, that it's like, oh my God, that's you know, so good. A movie, a romantic so movie good. between a man and a woman. There's no, you know, controversy around that. So just yeah. do the same with, you know, same sex um, relationship. Do you know what I mean? There doesn't mm-hmm. need to be any controversy around it. Yeah. Just let us enjoy it for what it is. Exactly. Yeah. I, d- I did have a weak point, though. Um, when they're talking about Orpheus's... Um, well, when they're reading the book, mm-hmm. um, you know the um, handmaid's reaction. Mm. Oh, that's yeah. how that's how I reacted when I was yeah, sixteen. Of course. Of course. And I was like, like, why the fact that he turned around? You know, he was like, what? Two, five minutes left, and then you know they gave this deep analysis and blah blah blah, blah, blah. and I was, and I was thinking to myself, that's really not what I thought when I was sixteen and I read it for the first time. No. <laughs> I, I so, agree one thousand percent. But I think uh, that I think everybody has that when they read so have the, you guys all read this book? You're yeah, I had to in school. Can I see it? <laughs> I need to read it now. Well, I mean, not the whole book though. No. No. You know, I did this. I did this in my in English in uni. And then I got to Sevilla and then they had this on the syllabus. So I've read it in Spanish too. Oh really? Oh, so wow. you've read the whole book. Is it a story? Uh, it's just some guy who was like, I want to write the best poem in the world, so I'm going to start from the beginning of time because I'm that cool. That's what the metamorphosis is. the is. whole book a poem? Uh, it originally, yeah. It's like it's a long epic poem. Jesus. Yeah. Um, you- Orpheus is the son of Apollo, so that's kind of what starts, you know? Yeah. The fact that, uh, um, uh, for some reason, that Apollo is such a, like a, like a prominent figure in Greek philosophy and myth you know that it's kind of like this like the guy the guy mm. he's the big yeah. cheese interesting though i always thought that um i know a lot of people are gonna hate me for this comment but i always thought the roman people just copied greece like, oh, mm-hmm. gonna take the great ideas you know remake it unpopular so it's opinion it's like, <laughs> yeah no i mean i'm sorry but to me i mean and i love roman mythology don't get me wrong but to me it's like disney these last years i'm gonna make a remake let's yeah. see what happens yeah. the greeks did it first yes. yeah 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 anything else to add but the movies yeah no just that i like the french movie more i loved it i'm, I'm actually it's one of those films i would go back and re-watch with pleasure Yay! i i suggested it to my erasmus friends because again mm-hmm. i did erasmus in france so I was like, if you want to watch a movie in French, in French go ahead and watch this one. Nice. I have already passed it along as well. I'm so happy that you liked it. Um, yeah. Well, I actually found something that's really nice to close both movies. So one of the parallels that, I, that, that, that it's pretty obvious um, is that both couples, uh, Johnny and Georg, Georgi and Eloise and Marianne, they have kind of like their own language. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the for the guys, it's yeah. this. Uh, they use. I hate this word. F- fuck off. Uh-huh. And then with them, it's page twenty-eight. Or um, mm-hmm. so. Um, Celine Schiama said something really, really beautiful, and I thought it would be perfect to close both movies because they both have this. So it says one of the knockout lines is, "Do all lovers feel that they're inventing something?" And she says, a relationship is about inventing your own language. You've got the jokes, you've got the songs, you have this anecdote that's going to make you laugh three years later. It is the language that you build. That's what 
That's what you mourn for when you're losing someone you love. This language that you're not going to speak with anybody else. Wow. It's true. That's it. That's beautiful. That's really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, good point, Celine. She is amazing. I loved, loved reading stuff from her. She is very, very, very like smart, insightful woman. I really, really enjoyed her. Uh, so we have our scores. Um, and then we're going to do our question that we always finish. So uh, the scores for God's Own Country. Um, B gave it a seven. Arrate gave it an eight. Sabrina gave it a 7.4. And I gave it an 8.9. And then for Portrait of a Lady on Fire, um, B gave it a 9.1, Arrate gave it a 9.3, Sabrina gave it a 9.1, and I gave it a 9.7. That's yes. your highest scoring, right, so far? Uh, I would think so. Ooh, did you beat 1917? <gasps> yes, come on. Jojo Rabbit beat 1917. Come I'm on, jealous. <laughs> Listen, I am a very objective person. Jojo Rabbit beat 1917. Yeah, objective available. Love is blind, but not this blind. Exactly. Love is a short little credit. credit. A little credit, please. Okay, so uh, the question for this week, uh, to keep on theme, I'm going to go with best sex scene in a movie. And just to make it a little spicier, it has to be like, not just like a good sex scene, but like, like a great sex scene, like something that, you know, kind of got to you. Mr. and Mrs. Smith. <laughs> <laughs> and Sabrina would worry. Okay, good for you, good for you. Sylvester Stallone and Sharon Stone in The Specialist. Ooh. Shower and everything. Ooh, Ooh. that's a good one. Uh, while Arrate thinks, I'm going to go kind of the Brad Pitt route as well, Sabri, because Legends of the Fall is one of the first movies that I saw when I was very, very young and I shouldn't have seen it. And it left an impression. It, that love scene, but I think it's because I think I think I remember it as one of like the first love scenes that I saw in film. Because you I mean when it came out I was like eight years old or something. Like I was really young. And uh, one of the impressions that it was left, it was like, ooh, ooh. You were ooh. Like, what is this? But yeah, anyway, that's the first sex scene that kind of stuck with me mm. uh, because I think I saw that movie way too young. But I remember that I've seen the movie again, of course, but I specifically remember that sex scene. It stuck with you. Yeah. Um, Brad Pitt is so hot in that movie. He's hot in like every movie. I'm yeah, like, I know, but he's like particularly hot in this movie. It's, <laughs> I love this movie. Legends of the Fall is top 10 for sure. Really? Yes. The poster that I had of Brad Pitt in my room was from Legends of the Fall. Oh my God. It was a huge poster. <laughs> I always found him um, cute in the Mexican though. Such a bad movie, but he was yeah. in that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I have an unpopular opinion for this one. Okay, go for it. My reply for this one is going to be wild, back alley. Not because it was a good sex scene, 
but because it made me feel disgusted. Uh, you know, wild with Reese Witherspoon. Oh, oh with a backpack. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. So there's a scene at the beginning of the movie where she takes two guys um, to the back alley because she's kind of like a sex addict, and she has a she has sex with two random guys that she doesn't know that they were customers at the um, at the cafeteria. And that struck me the most about the sex scene is that while I was watching it, I was feeling disgusted. Um, so I think I'm going to go with that one. Not because it's good, but it, because it's very, very bad. It provoked a feeling in me, basically. It's good that um, we're giving like the ones that had an effect on us. Yeah. Arate, I think you're next. With you. Shall I stop recording? Oh, we have to say goodbye. Yes. Goodbye. Bye, um, bye, everybody. Thank you very, very much for listening. Um, see you next week. Talk to you. Been a pleasure. We apologize for all the swearing, but we don't really care. But we don't, yeah. <laughs> bye, bye. We, we haven't discussed how, just obviously now we can go off topic, but just how hot Georgi is. He's very attractive. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Georgi is. Gorgeous. Like, <laughs> <laughs> who's drunk now? <laughs> <laughs>